Welcome to the Young Money Diet Podcast, Episode 8, where we discuss setting goals and why that's important and how it allows us to get to where we need to go in our life. But as always, we're going to start off with a hot take. And our hot take for the day is social media is actually wrecking our attention span. And what I specifically mean by that, Raj, is like, you know, every social media has a lot of negative impacts and people are like, oh, you know, you waste too much time in there or whatever. I'm targeting specifically our attention span. Like we have no ability to hold longer conversations anymore. We have, we always want that little dopamine hit, that stimulant one after another, after another. So whenever we don't get like that quick cut, like, oh, I don't like this video five seconds from now, I'm going to pick another one, or I don't like this content or whatever. We always look for different stimulants. Whereas back in the days we would have to kind of stick through and, and kind of deal with the boredom as it came along, which is really what equips you for life. Yeah. But what are your thoughts? So I the, mentioned with dopamine, I always contemplate if physicians, if you look at the physician's diagnostics of ADD and ADHD, it's an upward right. trend that correlates with the rise of technology, not only just social media. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you, it's kind of like the chicken and the egg and you wonder, you know, are, are children or adolescents more prone to ADHD or are physicians just recognizing or maybe not recognizing that there's an underlying cause or theme rather than just holistically that ADHD is on the rise? Well, you know, have we considered the extra dopamine or, you know, you you said, you know, people have probably already clicked out of this five seconds later because the attention span <laughs> is instant gratification. Where, Absolutely. You know, if you're reading a book, it takes hours and hours to get through it, to di digest mm. that. But then there's also the creativity. But now children have Paw Patrol and they don't need to be creative in that sense where they can just flip it on and kind of turn their brain off. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. The book is a great example or, or like even TV shows like Game of Thrones, you have to sit through like seasons or storylines they don't care about to get to the payoff towards the end where it's like, oh, what's going to happen? Whereas like, you know, in this world, like if you're like, oh, if I'm not into this content in two minutes, I'm just going to do a quick cut and go somewhere else where it's just going to be another two minutes and another two minutes. So yeah, great point. So today, like, I, like we discussed, we're just going to talk about like goals, New Year's resolutions, because I think it's timely. We're, we're kind of gearing down 2020, which is a rough year for most of us, I think. And hopefully we, we set a more positive note for 2021. So Raj, take it away. What's your process? What, what do you have going on? Sure. Uh, I'm a big proponent for setting goals. I think it's very beneficial. I think if you're not progressing, you're, you know, if you're not learning and growing, then you're dying. And I, I use my goal setting as kind of a precedent for that. So I'm a big strong believer that your goal should be smart. It's kind of the cliche, you know, you hear that all the time when you're setting a goal, but I really think that it's important and something we'll discuss further. Because if you just set a goal, you know, it's New Year's resolution time and a big one is I, I want to get into shape. Right. So if you just say I want to lose 10 pounds in three months, well, you might be setting yourself up for failure. And, you know, if you get to three months and you haven't lost that weight or you haven't put the time or dedication in, you kind of get a little bit of a negative feedback. If right. you set something a little bit more specific that helps you get to that ultimate goal, that's more beneficial. So if you're saying, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds, then let's make little wins along the way. So first you've got to maybe eat an extra serving of vegetables every day. 
that's an achievable goal where you can instantly quantify your success and and adjust and adapt your plan because every single day you can say hey i had a win i had an extra serving of vegetables or i dropped uh the fast food for today and you know if you're having fast food let's say three times a week maybe cut it down to two or one don't try to quote-unquote eat the elephant whole try to break down your goals and sparse it into different parts because then you also feel that progression of success um, every single week and it helps you perpetuate the momentum Uh, rather than just saying some arbitrary i want to lose weight i want to get into shape make it more specific so smart is specific measurable actionable um um, well, realistic, stand- realistic and, and-, and timely. Yeah. So set a time yeah. deadline. Make it realistic. You know, you're not going to become Arnold Schwarzenegger in six months. Overnight, yeah. So, what is your experience in the past with goal settings? Has it worked well for you? Has it not worked well? Maybe share some experiences. Yeah, it's a good question. I just want to touch on something very quickly, and then I'll get to your question. So, I think one of the things that you mentioned, you know, like specific and, and measurable. Uh, measurable one is the one that resonates with me well like you cannot improve what you don't measure like if you just don't know like if you're i don't know doing push-ups let's say so you've today you can do four you write down you can do four and if two weeks from now if you do it every day you might be able to do 10 or 15 whatever right so if you if you measure it you can kind of see hopefully an upward upward trend and then that dopamine kicks in and it motivates you to get better and better and better but now going back to your question um i think setting goals has some implications with respect to specific tasks like if you're trying to do let's say i'm going to meal prep right that is not a good goal because you're just gonna sit there how long are you gonna meal prep for are you gonna meal prep for the week for the month like like what what are the things that you need to do and a specific goal might be i'm going to meal prep so therefore i'm gonna go to the grocery store pick up these things and i'll get all my cooking done by tuesday so now you have you have no thinking it's almost on autopilot I need to go to the grocery store, make my grocery list, cook, and then by Tuesday, I got to finish all of that up, and then basically I'm good for the week or whatever, Sunday that might be. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely a place in life for goals, whereas it, where, where it's kind of granular and it's very niche and specific tasks can be made better with goals. But I completely sort of disagree with the premise that, you know, all the people kind of go on to that New Year's resolution and they set goals for themselves for the year. I think that timeline, the the general scope of the goal is simply too big for most people mm-hmm. to kind of capitalize on. So that's something I think we kind of disagree on a little bit, but a lot of the things you touched, I, I mostly agree with that. So let me let me ask you a quick question now. Like, um, so let's, I looked up a statistic, this is specifically for Americans, but how many people do you think stick to their New Year's resolutions in terms of percentages? at the end of the year. So they did a survey in the beginning, they did a survey in the end. What do you think is the number? I I can't imagine it being very large. And I think it's because the what you mentioned, some people try to set unrealistic goals or very arbitrary goals that aren't measurable. So they just say, I want to get into shape. And then right. a year goes by and then they take the survey again. Okay, did you meet your New Year's resolution? Well, what was it? They think back, right, it was to get into shape. And I'm still sitting on the couch being a potato. Right. So uh, if I had to guess a number, I'm guessing it's like, I don't know how many people drop their news resolutions, 10%. Sorry. Uh, actually so 10% make it. So yes, 90, 90%. Yeah. That... Remarkably close. It's actually 8%. Like oh, very, okay. very, very close. Single digits. Um, but that, that kind of like, 
that's something I think is our common base. Like we both agree whatever most of us do is ineffective because yeah. you know only one out of 10 persons are actually like being successful between January and December. Everyone goes, the, what are the common goals? I think the common ones are we're gonna, we're, the people are gonna work out more, they're gonna eat better. Um, those are the common goals. So you see that trend in your gym membership in January, like yeah. it spikes up for the first two weeks. And then it completely peters off. And, and like, like before summer, there's like a little spike and then there's nothing going on for the rest of the year, right? So, so. I'll, I'll tell you about those, those what'd you say, 8%? Yeah. Some, something Dr. Phil says. He says the difference between a dream and a goal, <laughs> achieving a goal is uh, timeline and accountability. So let's, this, this is kind of premising New York resolutions, but just goals in general. Sure. The reason I suspect a lot of people drop these goals, aside from the measurability, the realistic, um, goal setting is they're not creating an accountability feedback system. So something I do in my household, Brittany and I, we, we actually set some goals for the year next year. Uh, we've been drafting it and we continuously talk about them every single week. We have what we call meetings and we check in on each other. We hold each other accountable. Okay. How are things going? Uh, right. you know, what, what problems have you run into? What are some successes we can celebrate? And having that accountability and just those continuous discussions about your goals will help you get there rather than just setting some arbitrary goal once a year and then coming back a year later saying, well, how do I measure up against it? I think it right. needs to be something that you should be talking with and holding not only yourself accountable, um, but if you've got somebody you love or trust or you know some, a partner in crime, ha put mm. the fire under your butt. Uh, so I'll contrast an example. I am studying for the Charter Financial Analyst Program. 42% um, of test takers fail. And let me specify that number for level one. If 200,000 people register for the exam and only 100,000 people actually show up to write the exam on exam day, only 42,000 people actually pass. That 42% is actual writers. And That's level one? That's for level one and okay. level two is actually a little bit lower. Level three is a little bit higher, but by the time you're at level three, it's the people that yeah, are dedicated kinda, and want to be there. So yeah, what I did is I went and told the entire world I was writing this exam because I put a fire under my butt. Mm -hmm. I told you, I told my spouse, I put it on LinkedIn and that put an immense pressure on me to make sure that I follow through with my plan to get to where I need to be. Because everybody will be asking questions. I'll be like, hey, Raj, how is CFA studying going? So if you don't, yeah. if you haven't done anything, you have to kind of sit there going, well, I haven't done anything. And that you don't want to be in that position. So that's a huge motivator for you to do what you set out to do. That's um, a fantastic uh, argument point that I actually really like it. Because I read somewhere, I think it was like a, like a black celebrity. I forget the gentleman's name. But he, like when he was kind of making up the regs, like he wasn't big. So he, he set this goal for himself that within a year, he has to book like, you know, like a big gig, let's say, Raj. So, and his big thing was, if I don't do that, you take $200 of my blank account and he gave his friend the password and the and the permission to take 200 bucks and donate it to the KKK. Oh, so that was his, goodness. that was legitimately his motivation. It's like, there's literally no way I'm going to donate my hard earned money, which he didn't have a lot of because he wasn't famous to the KKK. So I, what if organization. my- it's absolutely heinous and it's it's the same thing that um you know there's i think he was a, he was a portuguese captain like when they landed in brazil like back in the 1600s they came in came um came across the 
native tribe that that used to live there and they outnumbered the sailors and the soldiers and the ship by like one to three i think there was like a thousand of them and 300 of them uh, of the of the portuguese so they he just came docked his ship and then burned it so they had no yeah, yeah, no yeah. option to even go back so it's like okay so you either fight forward or we die like those are your yeah. two options so now so, you have all kind of motivation the, going to the money thing the donating your money so there's a book called atomic habits by J- uh, james clear and yeah. that is sort of the premise for either breaking or building habits uh, but you can contrast that with goals. So find somebody um, that's kind of also wanting to improve themselves in whatever area of life or get to mm-hmm. a certain destination and create, you know, a contract wherein, you know, I want to read an, an hour a day and drop my screen time, for example. Let's say that's a goal for somebody. Sure. Um, and somebody else says, I want to go to the gym three times a week. Yeah. Create a little contract where if I don't read one hour a day or you don't go to the gym three times a week, you owe me 50 bucks. Like two bucks or yeah, like something small even. And then also the benefit of that is you'll be tracking each other's progress and you'll be motivating each other because it's not mm-hmm. just about, hey, you owe me $50 you didn't go to the gym. It yeah. shouldn't be about that. Really, it should be about, hey, what's going on? What went on this week? How come you didn't make it? Oh, well, you had this, this, this come up. Well, that's fine. You have other priorities. Or did you just, you know, lose the motivation? Then, hey, get your ass back into the gym and, yeah. uh, you know, you owe me 50 yeah. bucks. And, and likewise with the reading or whatever goals, you know, arbitrary goals you're setting, it should just be about motivating one another and holding each other accountable. And then right. also making something tangible. So you need to have a reward system and you need to enjoy the journey. So, you know, with CFA, it's a six-month journey for me. Um, but I don't just say, okay, I want to study for CFA and pass. Mm-hmm. I'm built, breaking it down into much more manageable topics. There's 60 readings. Okay, well, how many readings is that per week? Okay, I want to do this many readings per week. And then if I miss the reading, I cognizantly know the next week, okay, I need to catch up. Right. Rather than just saying I'm, I'm going to study for an hour. So I got a couple, well, a couple, one comment, one question. So comment being, I actually really like that um, book or example there because you humans and this is we don't have to get into it but basically what you need to know is we're very philosophers so we don't value our wins at the same scale as we value our loss we hate to lose things when we win it's like whatever like great we won but we really really hate losing so even losing like five bucks is a lot bigger deal than like Mm. winning ten dollars it's like a two to one ratio or something so as long as you have some kind of loss tied to um, your goal setting typically you would you would end up um, doing well in terms of holding yourself accountable to really not lose that money or time or whatever. Um, the second question that I have is you kind of quickly mentioned that you have to have some kind of reward um, setup setting kind of for you, like a framework. So if you do something, you get a reward. So what are some of your rewards when you when you get some studying done or, or so, achieve something else? So yeah, any of the goals, I like to celebrate the wins along the way. And it's kind of dependent on the goal. So if you're talking about getting into shape, for example, then go have a six thousand dollar, uh, sorry, six thousand calorie binge. If you can make it for two weeks, you know it's not gonna, it's not gonna ruin your progress if you're, you know, obviously doing it within control. Um, right. For studying, you know, some days you just want to completely check off and and not have to look at whatever you're whatever you're doing. And I think it's important to to give yourself some of that that boost of dopamine um, right 
you know, go spend some time with your family or your friends or, you know, whatever you enjoy, binge a Netflix show for the, yeah. for the day. And then you feel less bad about doing that. If that's part of your scheduling and your planning, um, you Takes don't the feel guilt out of it. Exactly. So I know right. there's some things you disagree on with setting goals because you might think that it creates anxiety or it's detrimental. So can you, can you expand on that? Yeah. So you actually kind of touched on it already. And I, I really like that. So let's say, let's go back to, um, I'll, I'll try to think of a couple of examples. So weight loss is a common one. So let's say we said like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in two months, whatever it is. I think, and you already mentioned this, like if at that two month mark, you've lost six pounds, you failed your goal. Like, it's kind of like, oh, like you, then you go on a downward spiral or a negative uh, feedback loop. It's like, oh, I didn't meet my goals. So what's the point of setting more goals? Mm -hmm. It's mostly because people aren't very conscious on how they do it. Like if they measured their metabolic rate, um, you know, what's a typical time to lose that kind of weight, they, they would probably be successful, but most people don't put that kind of work in, right? So going, going back at it, or just even like you, you want to read, I don't know, an hour a day or, or an hour a week, even whatever your goal is. The second you only read 30 minutes, you failed your goal. So in, in some ways, specificity has a lot of utility to it. But whenever you come short of your specific arbitrary mark, you get really dejected. So mm -hmm. that whatever that dopamine that you're supposed to capitalize on all of a sudden becomes your worst enemy because you didn't make it. And mm -hmm. then you go on a downward spiral and you don't, you don't get to do that. So I am a big proponent of rather than setting goals, like, you know, it sounds crazy, but I think you can set almost vague and big visions. Like you can call them like themes or, yeah. or gestures or ideas, whatever it might be. So for new year's resolution, like I'll give you one of my in 2020 and then maybe that'll help. So, that was for me, 2020 was the year where I write more. That's all I wanted to do, write more. So I don't have a specific goal like, oh, I'm going to write like one page every single day in my journal. Because the second I miss a day, look, I'm a failure. Like I didn't make it. But if I write more, there's no specific amount that I have to write. But what it allows me to do, it's like a little litmus test. So every time I'm sitting in a line for a coffee, standing in a line for a coffee, I have two minutes, I'm not doing anything. Normally I would go on Twitter, but mm. it's the year for writing. So what am I supposed to do? I'm going to write more. I'm going to open up the notes app and I'm going to get into like writing my thoughts down or whatever that yep. it has no. So every single moment becomes a little kind of fork in the road or a decision making process where you would just ask yourself, am I being the person who's supposed to write more or am yep. I just being somebody else? And every time you put even one word down on your notes app and, or, or, you know, me, I literally carry a pocket notebook cause I'm an old school weirdo. That's what I like doing. So I just write there. I'm winning every single one of those is another kind of like, um, you know, feather in my cap saying, I am a writer. I am writing more. Yep. I am writing more. And the next thing I know, like even this year has been one of the most productive years of my life in the sense that just that one habit has ended up changing a lot of the other um, ancillary things in my life because I've yeah. started writing that down. Uh, I'll give you a very practical example, which is, you know, like when we said the 8% was the number of people who follow through with their goals and resolutions, that number goes up to 40%, four zero, if you write down your goals. Mm, yeah, don't, so don't think about it. That, um, I love what you said about themes and writing down your goals. And uh, there's another book I'll mention. It's super cheap on Amazon. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. It's an old classic. I think I bought it, the mass paperback copy for $6 and I read it in Thailand in 2018. Right. And that talks about a few things. So writing down your goals, 
and the theme. So I, it's something I really, Brittany and I like to have is theme. So in 2019, our theme was cash. So C okay. for, for me, sorry, my theme was cash. C for me was CFA. Um, a was a royal wedding. Because oh, um, I got married and, you know, building my relationship and be, focusing on that. S was yes. for Shell, a company I work for, um, mm-hmm. progressing and performing and doing my best. And then H was health. And then this, sorry, uh, 2020 was grow. So G for graduate excellence, like looking at studying more, learning more, uh, whether that's within work, outside of work, CFA, um, the R for relationships, building stronger relationships, networking more. Um, grow O operating cash flow so finance goals you know we want to get our mortgage down to this much we want to get our investments accounts to this much right Uh, and W was work excellence so again a focus on my career on work and then within there I had subset goals so next year we're kind of still in the drafting phase but our theme is born so fitting for us having a baby B was for business excellence, Brittany wanting to grow her business, myself right. wanting to learn more about you know, business school applications or just you know performing within work. Yep. Um, o for optimal health. Um, R for relationships again. You know, relationships are very important to us and I think for yep. everybody. It's and, a continuous effort. And for net worth excellence. Again, you know, focusing on finance and you know building our net worth and being strategic. So what we do every week in our huddle meetings is we have this theme. So right now it still says grow, but it'll be born. And then we can see it every single day when we're leaving the house or, you know, we get home and it's just a constant reminder of our themes for the year and what that subset looks like. I think it's also important, you know, 2020 being the year of change to be okay. If you need to adapt or change or, uh, be strategic or have that feedback where, you know, I wanted to write a CFA publication on my downtime because CFA exams were canceled. Right. And I got into it with a friend. We had spent some time and then we did some estimates and we thought, well, this will probably be 40, 50 hours each um, per person. And then we really took a step back and said, is this really worth it? And eventually we decided to nix the project. And, you know, failure and adapting is a part of growing and developing. Yeah, I, I love that. So I, actually, that's that's fantastic because in a way, you're still, you know, when you nix that project, it's not that you're a failure. You didn't meet your goal or anything like that. You just realize there's probably better avenues that you can pick to to get to the same theme or, or the goal that you set for yourself. But yeah, like I think goals have their place too. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, you know, work is a perfect example. Like if someone ever tells you, oh yeah, I'll get it done. Like, don't worry about it, Raj. I'll help you with uh, API 650, for example. It'll never happen. But if you say, if the person says, hey, I'll help you with API 650 by Wednesday, that's going to happen. Yeah. Just two more words. It's That makes all the difference in the world just setting a time constraint or being more specific about what you need help with. Um, I Like I said, it works at to me at a task level or a very small time frame, maybe like a weekly goal could potentially work. But at these like grand time frames that we have trouble visualizing, we we typically tend to fail when we set like incredibly specific goals that be, unless you put a lot of time and effort in, and, and thought behind why you set the goal the way you did. Yeah. So there is something I want to recommend here. I, I watched a YouTube video and there's this really cool girl named Simone Yetch. I, I forget her channel. I'll leave a link to it. But she came up with a really cool calendar. It's I think it's just called the visual calendar. And all it is is like a LED light 
for each day of the month. So each of the month have different days. So February has 28 of them, January has 31, whatever. So every whatever your goal is every day, if you get that done. So let's say if my goal was to write in my journal every day. So every time you do it, you just you just hit that little button and the light pops up. Mm. So it, the point is, it, it literally stares back at you. When you see like the lit part and then the unlit ones where you haven't done whatever you're supposed to, it is extremely motivating because the part of our brain that deals with vision is very well developed. Like we're a very visual creature. That's yeah. what, one of the superpowers of being a human. You know, dogs can smell, we can see things well. So if, and we see things in color. So if we have a very visual reminder, whether it be the form of your whiteboard and just having like born or grow or whatever your theme board might be, mm-hmm. or uh, some kind of thing, visual cues really help you kind of get break the cycle when you're when you're not doing something and get back into rhythm what, so that's one, something i want to, yes ahead. i agree and one th- last thing i want to mention is um just about goal setting in general like even with that calendar with the leds and built, p- putting strings together i think people need to be realistic about the amount of goals and i fall trapped to this i want to do everything i want right. to score an 800 on my gmat i want to pass the cfas all in one shot 90 percent I want to be, you know, have some fancy career that's meaningful and impactful. I want to be a good father, et cetera, et cetera. Insert anything. People are really, really um, critical of themselves and they they are a little bit unrealistic. So Mm -hmm. one thing that um, Warren Buffett uh, coined to him and something I strongly practice now is you write down everything you want to do, big, small, whatever. Last year, I wanted to build a fence. Okay, I write down fence. Um, Right etc etc all my exams anything i want to do in work um actually i excluded specific work things um this was more outside of work but mm-hmm. um every single thing you want to do so for yourself you want to write you want to xyz you want to meal prep and you think about it for an hour or two um write down as many things as you can come back to it a week later and pick your top five if you could only do five which ones will you pick on that list? And then you take those fives and you put it on a new list and that is your focus list. The rest is an avoid at all costs until, and my philosophy is I only have five things on there. And one thing, if, if I want to add something or do something, one thing has to come off that list. So when I was building my fence, something that, was, came off. that was on there and that was a focus. And so, you know, you see people that are renovating their basements for 50 years. <laughs> it's because they've got so many other things that they want to do and they're not prioritizing their time. Right. So for me, it's like, I want to build my fence. What kind of resources do I need? How much is it going to cost? I had some beautiful friends and support. A lot right. of people I, I attribute um, helping me with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I made it very clear to myself that I want to get this done. So what needs to come off the list? And when I built my fence and I finished it, I crossed it off the list. And then I added another thing. So, you know, this podcast, for example, is one of the five on my list. So it's something I'm focusing on. We're spending time on and I'm not worried about so many other things. Also, you defend that, right? Like it's like, no, I already have overcommitted by doing this. So I can't commit to this new CFA research paper or something that I can write because there's simply 24 hours in a day. I don't have any more, I don't have any more extra time to go about this. It removes all the distractions. Really, really cool tip. Um, Something that I want to also leave, so a little bit of tactical advice. Maybe you can talk about some of the apps or tools that you use to to help you do what you do. Oh yeah. Okay. So me specifically, I use 
so Brittany and I are old school. We do we did yesterday we did the big mind map talking about we just you know, verbal diarrhea type of thing for sure. everything you want to do, everything that's on our mind. There's a lot going on. And then you spend some time discussing it either amongst yourself or your partner and you try to condense it. And then I just mm-hmm. use one note. And then in our forums and our huddle meetings every week, we talk about how things are going and we're not using these goals as a to-do list. We're using it more as a journey to get to a destination, but also how we can empower ourselves to enjoy the journey and get to that destination. Um, and then we try to automate as much as we can. So if we have a finance target, like our mortgage, for example, I want to kill the mortgage and get it down to this amount. I dedicate a certain amount of my pay that goes straight onto the principal of my mortgage. That's automated. As long as I don't touch that, I can take it off my top five priority list because it's automated. It's going to happen. So we're setting ourselves up for success by automating as much as we can. I, I love that because we never really rise to the occasion of our willpower. We always fall to the loads of our system. So if you set up a really good system, you don't even have to worry about it. It just goes, gets done. Fantastic. So I, I, I want to wrap up the conversation, something that I want to leave on my end. So I use OneNote thanks to you. Like you literally pestered me into using OneNote. Good. That's that's what having good friends do. Um, I like pen and paper. I'm an old school guy. I write down what I want to do, and then I crystallize my thoughts. All my brain dump kind of goes in there, and then I can revisit. And then, yeah, that's basically how I go about it. And for setting the themes for the year, I, I can leave kind of a practical advice. So what you can do is you can go online, and then there's uh, word maps. Like they're, they're just called, like you can literally just look up word maps uh, of uh, of common search terms or whatever it might be, and it will bring in a whole bunch of words in your scope Mm -hmm. and you should just read that and see what resonates with your brain. So if you wanted 2021 to be a year of novelty, like novelty is a word that resonates with me. So every time, again, going back to the litmus test, if I go to a restaurant, look at the menu, I am going to be a novel guy. So I'm going to try something I haven't tried before. Mm -hmm. Everything becomes a little, little bit of a win or a little bit of a step towards trying new things. So just go to a word map, look at, you know, all the words that are available and then see the one that kind of speaks to you or with your brain as long as you're in agreement set that to be your theme then kind of kind of talk what you talked about so get more into the nitty-gritty set up some specific goals and hopefully that sets you up to be in the eight percent of the people that are going to be successful next year so that's kind of where we want to finish things off today um you know thanks for tuning in guys always leave comments your thoughts whatever you wanted to maybe if there's something you wanted to get to know about or what we discussed that you liked or disliked so raj remember to stay hungry and stay humble Catch you later. See ya.